You're listening to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Emily. I'm Melina. We're part of Your Future is Our Business, which is a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students ages 10 to 18 explore careers by connecting them to adults through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. You're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview and highlight the career journeys of inspirational people in Santa Cruz County. If you've ever thought, hmm, how do they get that job? What is that job really like? Then keep on listening. We would like to remind listeners that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Please note that information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. Today we're joined by our guest, Amanda Bird, who is the Wastewater Treatment Operator for the City of Santa Cruz. Thank you for being our guest today. Very welcome. The first question we have for you is, what is wastewater? And then can you go into wastewater treatment plants and explain that? Yeah, sure. So wastewater is basically anything that's coming out of your house that's in liquid form. So things out of your shower, um, your washing machine, anything that goes down the sink. And then, of course, businesses also have their wastewaters, restaurants, so their dishwater, their cleaning, and all of that entails. So you can imagine what goes into it, like grease, <laughs> toilet paper, the material that accumulates in what yeah. wastewater is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you tell us about your background and how you got into this field? So my background, it's definitely not unique. I would say if you ask any person in the industry, we're all going to have a different story how we ended up here. <laughs> no one dreams of working <laughs> in a wastewater <laughs> plant when they're a kid. Um, but I got into it. I was studying environmental studies at Portland State University. I graduated in 2009 with my bachelor's in science right into the recession. So I didn't know where to work, what to do. Everybody had a degree. I was working at Lowe's seasonally. Mm. But while I was studying my bachelor's program, I really got into water. Like in Oregon, the water environment is huge. It rains every day, so it's a big topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. And I recognized from the environmental aspect it was going to be the big ticket item moving forward. In society, so I'm like, I want to work with water. Mm-hmm. Through that, I moved back to California. I got a job with AmeriCorps, um, so it's a one-year term of service. I worked for Energy Conservation Corps. They're out of Watsonville, and they do um, energy retrofits, so reducing mm-hmm. your energy bill by LED lights, mm-hmm. more efficient stoves, furnaces, floor insulation, ceiling insulation. I don't recommend installing those. Very itchy. <laughs> Um, So I did my term of service with them. Part of the AmeriCorps program is you keep going to school. It's designed Mm -hmm. for people who might have dropped out of high school or have just graduated, Mm -hmm. looking for those work skills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the economy where it was in 2009. (laughs) I ended up there with a degree. There was a few of us. Mm -hmm. So they said, go back to school. I did. But I focused specifically on the water industry. I wanted a job in water, clearly. Um, And they recommended me to get certified. Mm -hmm. So each state certifies people in drinking water treatment and wastewater treatment. Mm -hmm. And so I went the route with drinking water because I found the class, they gave me all the resources, I got certified. Then after my year of service ended with AmeriCorps, the city of Watsonville wastewater facility had a job opening. It was operator and training is what entry level is Mm -hmm. called in this Mm -hmm. field. And it was operator training water slash wastewater. (laughs) So it's two jobs, one application. I had a water license, I thought I'd get in, but they put me in the wastewater department. And I'm very happy of that little mistake Mm -hmm. because it's a great field really Mm -hmm. yeah and then I also I did go back to school for my master's degree too Mm -hmm. and what did you get your master's in environmental management yeah and of course degrees are not at all necessary to get into this field that's why I say I'm a little different than most people Uh because it's 
it's a licensing program to get the job. So it's based okay. on work, a couple of correspondence courses, mm -hmm. and that gets you in the field. Mm -hmm. And you said you were always interested in water, but what exactly about that, like, were you interested in or what made you interested it in it? Just the resource itself, mm -hmm. what the possibilities are. Because the concept of water is there is no new water. Earth mm -hmm. is a closed-loop system. Mm -hmm. So that got me thinking, oh, man, this is really going to be the big environmental concern moving forward. We have mm -hmm. to meet clean water. We have more people, more people. Water is becoming more finite. It's getting dirtier. It's harder to get. So that's what really got me into it was just I was thinking of a career that was recession-proof, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Recession-proof. <laughs> Um, and I wanted something that could give me the future I wanted. So something that was very steady. And it turns out this industry is federally protected. It's important. You have to very have important. clean yeah. water. Yeah. So it fit all the little check boxes for what I wanted my life to be. Steady income. So what, <laughs> what does the wastewater treatment operator do? So essentially, the big picture is I run the wastewater treatment plant. So the wastewater treatment plant is a mechanical biological system. Engineers design this series of buildings and tanks to emulate what happens in the natural environment for cleaning mm -hmm. water. So just like what happens in a stream, we do that at the plant, but we speed it up. So bigger tanks, we can process the water quicker. That's in a, in a nutshell. It's a nice version <laughs> of what I do. <laughs> um, but day to day is I'm there to make sure the plant's running. So the plant runs off computer systems, programs, interfaces. I mean, we know technology. It works mm -hmm. until it doesn't. <laughs> yep. I'm the when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm there in case something happens that shouldn't happen. I do rounds throughout the day to make sure equipment is vibrating where it should and not where it shouldn't. <laughs> Things are warm where they should be warm and cold where they need to be cold. Mm -hmm. And, of course, having the knowledge of what that means. Mm -hmm. And... Then there's also the preventative maintenance tasks, so working on maintaining pumps. Floats Floats are basically a float ball connected mm -hmm. by wire to a sensor that tells us if it's a high level in that tank or a low level. Mm -hmm. And those things get ragged up and greased up and don't work. Yeah. They get knotted in mm -hmm. themselves. So we'll check that kind of equipment. Test run anything. We have standby generators, so you always want to make sure those work when you need them. Yeah. So you <laughs> test run those. And then any process changes. So wastewater changes every minute of every single day. Mm -hmm. It's it's always new. So you Surprise. have to yeah, it's always fun. <laughs> so you have to adjust your treatment process based on what's coming in. So the supervisor, the operations supervisor, will make those decisions based on lab data. Then he'll go to operators and say, "Hey, I want to switch that tank out and put mm -hmm. that tank in." And you put the different gates in. Mm -hmm. You get a submersible mm -hmm. pump and crane it over there and pump it over there and sending mm -hmm. water every which way. But and can you walk us through a typical day if you have one? A typical day. Entirely depends on what I'm assigned, but a normal operating day, say I'm told you're operating the primary side of the plant. Most facilities are divided into sections like that, primary, mm -hmm. secondary, field. So actually today I was assigned secondary operator. So I went to the secondary side of the plant and my job is to do two rounds at a minimum. So walk through the whole area, check everything, mm -hmm. and then log certain process information data points that we need to pay attention to, like dissolved oxygen levels. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Blankets of sludge. That's what we call the settled oh. material. <laughs> sludge. So check the level of sludge mm -hmm. in the various tanks. Secondary side is actually really nice. 
It's a little different than the primary <laughs> side. But yeah, that's a normal operating day. A preventive maintenance day would be you go to the list of work orders and you start cleaning what needs to be cleaned and checking what needs to be checked. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a dewatering job assignment. Which what is that? The dewatering is exactly what it sounds like. You're getting rid of water. Mm -hmm. So the whole wastewater treatment process is you're removing the solids from the liquids. Mm -hmm. The clean water goes away into the environment. You now need to deal with the solids. Well, solid is a loose term. We're talking three, four, five percent solid at this point. Um, So it goes through some anaerobic digestive Mm -hmm. systems. And then from there, we send it to a centrifuge, which is the dewatering. And it's like a front load dryer or washer. Mm-hmm. It just spin cycle, all the water mm-hmm. squishes out. You're left oh. with a material solid. Yeah. It's, we call it biosolid. It's probably 25% solid material, kind of like a spongy cake, think of like angel food cake texture. It smells musty like dirt almost, like a fertilizer. Okay. And then that material is loaded into like a semi-trailer. Oh, and I always wondered where the, all yeah. that goes. Yes. Yeah, yeah all, of, all of that solid material. And there's levels of solid, biosolids. So there's <laughs> class B, class A, class and C. And what are the differences between those? Yeah, so class A biosolid is something that's been sterilized and gone through a heat treatment as well as normal wastewater processes. And it's safe to put on food crops. Whereas class B biosolids have not had that temperature treatment, so it hasn't killed any of the pathogens that might be present. Mm-hmm. So it's not safe for food crops, but mm. it can be non-food crops like, like flowers yeah. That yeah. Kind of, or animal feed. And then, of course, Class C is even less than yeah. that mm. in mm. quality. Yeah, so with right now, our biosolids are going to a landfill for like topsoil mm. for their trash piles in the day or to um, flower fields for fertilizer. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's all reused. Very cool. (laughs) For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Melina, and I'm joined by our other host, Emily. We're speaking with Amanda Bird and learning about her career journey to becoming a wastewater treatment operator for the city of Santa Cruz. And another question we had is, where does the water go once it's treated? Every facility is different of where it goes. Essentially, it goes back into the natural environment. Again, the closed loop water system of the planet, it goes back. So for us with the city, it goes, it's discharged into the ocean. It's about a hundred miles offshore, or no, a thousand miles offshore and a hundred feet down under the surface. So it's in the ocean current outside of the bay. Other places, they might discharge into a surface river. Some people will inject it into the ground. They'll either percolate it into like a perk pond and it just sinks down into the groundwater aquifer, or they'll physically inject it to prevent saltwater intrusion. So it'll help with that barrier to protect source water wells for drinking water systems. And you mentioned earlier that this is a kind of career where you don't necessarily need a degree, right? No. But you did need training, right? Yes. Can you talk about that and what kind of knowledge you need? Yeah. So to get in this field, there's wastewater treatment operator licenses you get those through the state water resources control board they also do the drinking water licenses too so there's Mm -hmm. drinking water treatment drinking water distribution and then wastewater treatment Mm -hmm. so the state water resources control board manages all of that they also manage the permits that regulate what treatment facilities can and cannot do and the standards for what they consider clean and what's Mm -hmm. not clean Um, so to get into this field you need to, at least for the wastewater land, need to take some kind of wastewater education. 
A lot of us go through Sacramento State Office of Water Programs. They have some mm-hmm. great correspondence, course textbooks. You get the book, you get the scantron sheet, you fill in the bubbles. Mm-hmm. It's very nice, very handy. So a lot of us get education hours that way. And I think you need, I'm not 100% sure on how many hours, but it's under 10 hours, which one course book is nine. So you just need to read one book. And then you can apply for an operator and training certificate through the state water board. Once they issue that, then you start working in the fields. Mm -hmm. And each license level, there's a total of five. Um, So each license level you achieve through time time worked Mm -hmm. and education. So while degrees aren't necessary, they're helpful in upgrading through the licensing process. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Of course, science course is the better. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. And then what's a common misconception that people have about your job? I don't think there's too many. I think it's pretty clear what I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess a lot of people think it's gross, and they imagine I'm covered in sewage every <laughs> single day, and the reality is I'm not. I wear a uniform at work. It stays at work. I'm not tracking any material home. We have showers that I <laughs> get clean when I need to. Um, but probably I've been doing this, what's 2019, I've been doing this about eight years Mm -hmm. and I've probably had gross stuff land on me maybe a dozen times. So it's not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, most jobs, you know, but it's not an everyday thing that I'm hit with something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other people, they'll question like, oh, does it look like, you know, when you flush it down the toilet is... It's not at all in solid form. I can't differentiate what came from where. It's just mm-hmm. a mixture of brown. It's not <laughs> like it's, yeah, so it kind of helps remove that mm-hmm. up close and personal yeah. feeling with it. <laughs> and I'm curious to know like, I've seen videos on YouTube where people go into the sludge. Is that a thing? <laughs> Have you done that before? I'm not necessarily into it. I've walked up to my knees in it. So oh, okay. when situations we might have to deal with that is if we're cleaning a tank. That's what operators will do. They'll want to rotate a tank out of service for checking the mm. interior structure of it and the mechanics. Mm. Um, so they'll send operators in first to clean it. Okay. Then you might be walking around in a little bit of sludge material. <laughs> um, but I've never been in anything above my knees. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> and then do you have any interesting stories or facts related to your job? I think the whole thing's interesting. Um, it's it's a unique environment that not a lot of people think about. So I'm like, what would be interesting to people who aren't aware? I really don't find anything cool flushed down the toilets. A lot of people <laughs> ask, what's the coolest thing you found? Mm-hmm. I think the best was um, some Saturn car keys. Came through. Sometimes you find money. Oh. Candy wrappers come through. I've heard stories of people finding dentures. Uh, and what happens to all of that yeah. kind of stuff? It gets screened out at the beginning okay. because it's just going to clog the system yeah. and the pipes cause us okay. problems. So, yeah, we remove it, take the trash out. <laughs> yeah. If you were to hire someone to replace you, what mm-hmm. kind of skills or knowledge or person would be suitable for this? Definitely science, mathematic background. Biology is a huge bonus in the wastewater industry. If you're more into chemistry, that would be drinking water. That's mm. what those guys do. So for us, uh, any kind of basic biology experience, definitely being willing to get dirty. <laughs> you have to be okay with that. <laughs> And also part of the industry is the the wastewater stream is 24-7. We don't ever tell the community, stop flushing, we're all going home for the day. (laughs) So it is a 24-7 working environment. So that's situations you sometimes face, Mm -hmm. having to wake up. How do treatment plants protect our water? 
So we protect the water by preventing anything being discharged that hasn't been treated properly. And we do that with our national pollution discharge permits that we get from the state EPA. Mm -hmm. So they tell us what is safe to release into the environment based on where we're releasing it to. So every wastewater plant is going to function a little differently based on where they discharge. For us, it's the ocean. It's a little easier than, say, a stream or a river. The volume is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever had, like, a scary or really icky moment? (laughs) Um, scary was probably at a different facility years ago. I was on call, so I was the person, if there's an alarm, I had to respond. It was one of those, I was 20 minutes down the road, and I'm chatting on the phone, and the other alarm phone goes off. I'm like, oh no. Hopefully it's just that one button I gotta push. There's always the one button. Mm -hmm. I go in, and all of a sudden I see fire trucks (laughs) driving. And I'm on the phone with my mom at this point, and I'm griping to her that I have to go back to work. I just (laughs) left. I hope it's not that stupid button. And then another fire truck. And then I start seeing a cloud. And then I realize Ooh. I'm driving to the location where all the trucks in the cloud is happening. Um, yeah, so a power pole had broken free of its anchors and fell into a big pasture and caught fire. And the whole facility lost power. So the wastewater facility was running on generators for probably two or three days. but. It was a little stressful yeah. when you're driving in something you know might be on fire. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't, but it was mm-hmm. close enough. And then, um, what would you say the least favorite part of your job is? Least favorite. For me personally, the working shifts has been a little bit of a struggle. It's not a normal work-life thing. I know people mm-hmm. in the military are like, oh, it's no problem. My hours, I'm 7 to 3 Monday through Friday, but that's just me. Other people, um, they'll work a swing shift 3 to 11 or graveyard 11 to 6 a.m. Then you got the people covering vacation relief. And every facility is a little different. So some are staffed 24-7. Some might just have on-call people 24-7 and only physically there for eight. So for me, I found juggling and finding that new sleep pattern has been a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, not that bad. You said 7 to 3 as in 7 a.m. to 3 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad schedule. Yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> get out pretty early. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fire emergency, yeah. what what is the most stressful part of her job? Most stressful when everything stops working. Yeah. The, really, the most stressful is when if you lose your computer program, which runs oh. the facility. Mm-hmm. So back in, I would probably say the 70s and 80s, the old timers that are now leaving the field... I'm coming in. I'm used to a world with technology. Everything works. They come from a world where they had to incorporate the technology into how they ran the facility. So the scary moments for me is when, if the computer system goes down and none of the old guys are around to help, I'm going to have to make this work manually. So that gets a little more interesting. I'm like, okay, come on, brain. Remember what's supposed to happen. (laughs) And what happens in those moments if you don't have a computer telling you the data points, what's happening in the facility you become the computer, you mm-hmm. become the counter. Yeah. I have to know this pump turns on for 15 minutes every mm-hmm. hour. So does this one and this one and this one. And this guy turns on every 30 minutes for 20 seconds. And that mm-hmm. guy does this. And so it just expands your brain capacity. But it's always a little scary moment when you see the mm-hmm. lights go. You're like, 
Mm-hmm. Come back on, come back on. <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have generators. Those yeah. those moments don't happen often. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. It's always a like, okay, my heart's working. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Melina, and I'm joined by our other host, Emily. We're speaking with our guest, who is Amanda Bird, and she is the wastewater treatment operator for the city of Santa Cruz. And I want to know, has anything changed since you first started in this career? I would say everything's changed. Really? It's right now the industry is going through a big technological advancement. This happens probably every 20 to 30 years in the industry. You know, colleges, universities are doing all sorts of studies and tests of how we can better remove, better treat water. Mm-hmm. Well, it kicks out to the industry every 20 years because that's when they have the money to rebuild their mm-hmm. plants. Mm-hmm. And we're at the cusp of it right now. We're transitioning. We, like the entire industry, is starting to go into reverse osmosis. So it's mm-hmm. a treatment level. And membrane filtration is the other one. Um, there's more than just the two, obviously. <laughs> but it's a third treatment process. So in wastewater, you have your primary treatment, which is all mechanical remove. Then you have your secondary treatment, which is the big push in the late 80s that the old timers handled. And that was the introduction of biological treatment systems, microorganisms doing the work for me. Now we're getting into that other step of tertiary treatment, which is third down the line, but you're now making the water even cleaner. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see that happen, especially discussions of where do we get more water mm-hmm. if you yeah. don't have other sources. <laughs> so that's when they kind of look at our industry of like, mm-hmm. well, there's a bunch of water. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to step up our treatment capabilities so that it could be a possible future. Mm-hmm. And then what is something you'd wish you'd known when you were starting out in this career? In this career, I was pretty clear of what I was walking into. Um, The one thing that I've struggled with is I thought my degree would be a little more valuable. It's extremely Mm. valuable, but it's not a standalone. Mm. I've still had to work up from the bottom. Mm. I've had to get in the muck with all the other guys. So it's like, yeah, degree's great. It's wonderful. It's given me a leg up, but... I can't stand on that leg alone. You have to have the actual work experience. And that means sometimes you're the guy pulling the weeds. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it's going to be. Or getting it. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, you got to put in the work too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you found out after you had the job that was surprising to you? Hmm. Surprising. Or something that maybe the everyday person might not be aware of? I think I'm so far removed from everyday person that I'm not even <laughs> conscious of what's weird that I deal with. Um, yeah, I really can't say anything surprising. Well, the one surprising thing I guess I can think of is what a small community of professionals exist in water and wastewater. Mm-hmm. There's probably, I think since the history, when you get your license, they give you a number. And it's like oh, the number of people yeah. they've ever licensed. Mm-hmm. They're about 40,000 right now. They started the whole California state, the whole state. Mm -hmm. And so they started this licensing program officially, I think, in the 60s or the 70s. Mm -hmm. So just think of that number. It's like, okay, clearly a lot of this 40,000 has already retired. Yeah. 
So it's a very close-knit group of people. I mean, I, I'm a nerd. I visit wastewater plants on my vacation. I travel all over the place. I'm like, wait, I've seen you. Wait, were you at that class? So it's very, very unique. And like I said, I keep saying close-knit. But yeah. there's a certain camaraderie in the mm-hmm. environment. There's only a few of us. Have you noticed any trends in, like, the amount of water that is being used? Or, I don't know mm-hmm. what the term Contaminated. is. Yeah, like, yeah. Are, are there any trends, I guess? <laughs> The, the biggest trend we've been dealing with recently is what in the early 2000s, water conservation was a big topic because of the drought situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that was wonderful. Everybody did a great job at conserving water to the point that now there's not enough water flow to keep everything moving in huh. the pipes. Oh. So when engineers, you know, back in the 1900s are building sewer systems for cities, they're like, oh, we got tons of water, it'll flush whatever, and we'll set all our pipes at a one degree slope. That's plenty of slope to keep things sliding. Well, with a drought, it turns out it's not. So more materials sitting in the collection lines, so it's creating more work for those guys mm-hmm. to send it to us. And they're having to put water in the system to keep it moving. And then what that's also done to the wastewater plant itself is the facilities that are designed to treat based on permit and flow capacity. Well, say you're built in the 50s with a projected growth of your community. They thought this place would grow huge. They have 20,000, 30,000 more people. Well, you do, but then you can serve water to levels under the design for the facility. Mm-hmm. So now facilities are having to function in something they weren't quite designed to function in. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little more tricky, probably a little more fun for operators because yeah. it's not like, oh, go look in the book, see what it tells you. It's like, well, no, you got to think about this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you face any challenges getting into your career? And no, you mentioned that you had, you got your degree during the recession. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got my bachelor's during the recession. It was just finding a career direction after that. So I graduated at Portland State University. I'm originally from San Jose, so I grew up around here. When I graduated, I was getting temp jobs. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have a degree. I should be able to get... No, that's not true. You have to work. (laughs) So I came back to California, and I just went to AmeriCorps. It was the only thing I could find that was hiring. And yeah, through the AmeriCorps is how I found the industry. For me, it worked out nicely. But I definitely, probably my junior year from my bachelor's degree... I knew there was a recession going on, so I very clearly thought about what do I want in a career. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want a career. I want to be able to retire. I want mm-hmm. to afford a house. And I don't want to be in a, I mean, I grew up, my father worked in the dot-com environment. I'm like, I don't want to work in an environment that can just cut you whenever they feel like mm-hmm. it. I want to be a little more ingrained into the system. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was utilities. It's like, You cannot live without (laughs) utilities, basic human needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that led into this water, wastewater Mm -hmm. fields. But most people probably don't think that much about their lives. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Utilities. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What keeps you motivated to continue doing your job? It's the knowledge of what I'm doing. It's protecting the environment. I mean, I might go to work and have the worst day ever or get covered literally head to toe. That can happen any moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I keep going back because I'm protecting this community. I'm protecting the ocean environment. I mean, if you don't have wastewater treatment, you don't have a city. Mm-hmm. You just cannot function. Everybody will get sick. It's not going to yeah. work. 
So it's just knowing that responsibility martyrdom, I think I've adopted mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's, it's the knowledge yeah. that I'm doing something beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't have to be super important to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who is interested in pursuing this career? Start going to Sacramento State, get those correspondence <laughs> course books read, and start testing and also tour facilities. Every single facility is different. I've worked at three. I've probably toured at least ten. Every single one is different. So just go out there, ask the people, see what they do, and every facility is happy to give tours. Mm-hmm. Most of us are government employees. There are contract-operated facilities, so they have contractor mm-hmm. companies who hire operators but even they like to give. The last question we have for you is, what is a thought or a piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Look at the trades and the utilities and jobs that aren't necessarily degreed. What I'm seeing out there with our industry is we need mechanics. We need people who can work on air conditioning systems. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's yes, go to college, but also Try to get some of those other skills and become more well-rounded. If your dad works on tools, and maybe hang out with him and learn how to use some power tools. Mm-hmm. That's always beneficial. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's some great advice there. And thank you to all of our KSQD listeners for tuning into today's career story with your hosts, Melina and Emily, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Amanda Bird, who is the wastewater treatment operator for the city of Santa Cruz. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattobe at ksqd.org. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays or stream online at ksqd.org. Thank you for listening.